God'll get you for that one. Maud is owned by Shout Factory. God'll get you for that, Walter. Is produced for entertainment purposes only. Sponsored in part by Finley's Friendly Appliances. Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of God'll Get You for That, Walter. But he didn't. Uh, he wasn't getting he anyone. There was there this was week. no there was no God'll Get You for that in this week's episode. No, my name. <laughs> disappointed. Disappointed. My name is Tom Gatt, and I am joined by the ever-fabulous, the ever-lovely, the ever-delicious Tony Holmberg. Me. Yep, that one. Her. Um, today we went over the episode, uh, season one, episode 19, entitled Walter's Secret, which originally aired February 7th, 1973. February 27th. 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 I mean, that's twice I've screwed up the date. Oh, well. February 27th. That's why I'm here to correct you. Keep the train running on its That's tracks. Right. She insists it upon correcting it. It's literally Always. her life's work to correct. I live for it. I know you do. <laughs> so this episode was pretty fun and yes. very fast. Very fast. Like paced. despite the fact that it was the same twenty-five minutes as other episodes, this was a very fast-paced episode. Yes, and indeed, we commented when it was over. We did. We commented when it was over. It was, like, it was a very fast episode. It seemed like yeah, it was over before we knew it. That's right. So. So it all this all this episode all takes place in one day. Like there's no costume changes, there's no nothing. But not even a day. It's really like hours. An hour, maybe an hour. An hour. It seems like I would probably say about an hour, hour and a half. Yeah, a very a very short span of time, and no uh, guest stars. No guest stars. The usual suspects. It was Maud, Walter, Florida, Carol, and Arthur. And that was it. And that was it. So, but there was mention of an of a of a special guest, but there was no uh, well, casting. well, two. Oh, don't forget the, the the phone call. That's right. There were this, two. There was a phone call, one. and then there was the secretary. Yes. Yeah, so, we'll so we'll get, get to, to that. that. We'll get to that. So the sh- the episode begins with Maud entering the house, holding a case of golf clubs, and she's commenting how she hates golf. She hates golf. And as she's throwing the golf clubs in the closet when she, she walks in the, the door, she says, "The gloves, the clubs." The, the tees. And she's holding a pair of golf balls in her hand. And she can't say she hates And she them. can't say she hates balls because yeah. the FCC would be on her behind. Yeah, 1970s censors. Exactly. Yes. But I mean, after a certain point, they had to read the scripts in front of the censors. Mm-hmm. So it only stands to reason that like the censors see the word balls and it's like... <laughs> yeah. We can't say balls yes. on national television, yes. my God. Yes. You know, it's so funny because I also love, as you know, Are You Being Served? Yes. And there were so many times where Mrs. Slocum is talking about her pussy. Her pussy. (laughs) And, of course, I guess in the UK, they were... A little bit more liberal. They were a little more liberal, but also, I guess, because she is always referring to her cat. cat. Um, they were able to... Her literal physical cat. Her feline pet. <laughs> yes. They were able to get away with it because, uh, you know, although when, when you hear the laughter of the, of the audience, it's you genuine. know, you know it's what genuine. they're, you know they're not... But I mean, I, I would love to look up how the word became the word and how we associate the word with female genitalia. I don't know. Still... Terrified to look that information up. Yes, and 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 think about how the the male genitalia is often associated with 
a, a male chicken. A male chicken. A rooster. Yes. A, a rooster. male chicken. A rooster. A rooster. Just fascinated. I have no idea how those words came to pass. So. Except for the fact that, you know, the, uh, a, the the cat is always going after the, the rooster. Or yes. The roo- right? You know, cat bird. Cat and bird. That's Are you of... saying that we should start referring to male genitalia as mouse? No. You know, cat and mouse? Cat and mouse, yes. No. There's but... a whole school of thought behind this. Tom and Jerry, where are you? Yes. Who knows? So, so... Maud is throwing everything in the closet. Yes. Um, and then Florida enters, being Florida. Yeah. Um, hello, Mrs. Finley. Literally, hello, Mrs. Finley. Yeah. How was your golf the lesson? golf lesson. And uh, Maud exclaims that the coach, had, the coach had made her a deal. That if she couldn't... That if the coach could not make Maud a pro golf player, that... Um, there would be a refund, mm-hmm. and uh, as as far as the coach is concerned, uh, after the lesson, the coach gave her not only a full refund but a nineteen-inch uh-huh. color television. Yes, <laughs> which I'm sure was still in her car at the time. Yes. Uh, so, did you imagine watching TV on a nineteen-inch screen these yes. days? I mean, I think that's like what we have in the kitchen, but yes. Like, uh, I remember we had a 19-inch tube television set when we were growing up in Brooklyn, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that was it. And then, you know, uh, as we got older, the, the, as, as we've gotten older, the TVs have gotten bigger and flatter. Yes. And it's just one of those things where I'm like, I, there was a line that John Waters said, actually, never have sex with someone mm-hmm. whose television set is bigger than their library. Uh-huh. Or bigger than their book collection. Okay. Okay. And that's been my motto for the last little bit. I, yes. I, I make sure that I have a very large library. A very large. A very large library. Mm. So, Mrs. Harris calls. Now, mm. Mrs. Harris um, belongs to the, the electric, uh, electric company. company. Electric company. Um, so, Florida answers the phone and says, hello, Finley residence. Mm-hmm. And... Um, she calls over to Maud saying, it's the electric company they're calling about. Mrs. Harris. Mrs. From, Harris from, from the electric, electric company. company. Uh, they're calling about a bill that wasn't paid. So yeah, Maud initially tells her to tell her that she's not in. Yes. And then uh, Maud reneges on that and goes over to uh, the phone and says, Mrs. Harris, I'm not in. Right. Um, and then goes on to say, but I, there was apparently a mix-up where the bill wasn't paid. The check may have been post-dated. Um... Well, Maud says she paid it, yes. and Mrs. Harris is, is telling her that, well, that's not what the, the computer, computer says. says. The computer says. So even back, to far, wait, as far back as 1973, still having those same, same issues. Yep. So. You would think that those issues would be fixed by but now. But they're not. But they're not. Yes. I think it's because of the billionaire class. Uh, yeah, probably. Probably. <laughs> so, uh, Maud, uh, tell, you know. Uh, in true to form fashion. Yes. In true to form fashion, Maud says, well... I will tell you this, Mrs. Harris. If you turn off our electric bill, you will also be turning off my artificial heart, lung, and kidney machine. My death will be on your head. Right. Uh, but I'll understand whatever decision you make. Have a lovely evening, Mrs. Harris. Have a lovely week. Lovely week, Mrs. Harris. Have a lovely week, Mrs. Harris. Um, so. And then, as soon as Maud hangs up the phone, that which almost, it, again, that almost seemed like a little bit of filler. Yeah, very much filler. Because it had nothing to do with the rest of the episode. Nothing to do with the rest of the episode. So, this was... Um, like, genuinely, it had zero to yeah. do with the rest of the episode. I think it was just one of those things where it's like, we had to show Maud being this aggressive, aggressive. woman character. Sarcastic. Very sarcastic, very domineering, yeah. very like, it's my way or no way. Yeah. 
Um, it I, also gave Florida a little something to do. Yeah, it gave Florida, like, lines to read. Yeah. Um, so. But she also re-entered a second time, but we'll, yeah. we'll get to that in a yes, moment. Yeah, so that's, this is now when Walter comes in. Walter comes in panicked. Yeah, looking for Carol. Looking for Carol, kisses Maud, and she goes... Something she says something sarcastic, which it, it, was, it escapes yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. I think um, but the kiss was like a damp towel. Uh, no, that the second kiss was. Um, oh, the second. Oh, all right, the passion right. of a damp towel. Yes, yes. So Walter's just very flimsy with his affection, and he's yes. just panicked. He wants to know where Carol is, you, and Maud Maud's very concerned. Like yeah. I'm not. I Carol is fine. It's you I'm worried about. Mm-hmm. Um. And then I think something Walter says something. He's to the still tuna. asking about where where's Carol. He yes. wants to. Um, I think he wanted to know how she was. Yes. And uh, and then I think he he then he he heads over to the bar. Yes, heads over to the bar and starts making himself drinks. a drink. And that's when we find out that Arthur is going to be coming over for dinner. Yes. And um, Walter had said some type of thing that says a well-timed silence has more emphasis than speech or more power than speech mm. and that was when Maud says oh I want you to send that to me the next time I have an upset tummy ah. because it's much better than sticking my finger down than my, my throat. throat yes and they have I love those moments because there's Walter's like I'm very logical I'm going to use this very philosophical phrase and Maud's like just shut up right those expressions make me absolutely nauseous mm-hmm. And again, just one of those things that I love so much about Maud, because she will call the, the man out on their BS. Absolutely. Um, so, yes, they're having beef. They, Maud had said that she was going to have beef stroganoff. Well, no, she, she said, well, you know how Arthur, Arthur loves, loves beef, beef stroganoff. stroganoff. Well, tonight we're having, having Franks, and, Franks beans. and beans. Because, you know, um, obviously, you know, she's doing... She doesn't s- want to be accommodating to Arthur. She's doing something nice for Arthur by inviting him over, but... She doesn't want to be that nice to Exactly. Him. <laughs> I mean, does anybody want to be that nice to Arthur? Uh, I sure as hell don't. No. No. I would, only, not, only, I would not even invite Arthur into my house. <laughs> only Vivian at some point in the future will want to be yes. nice to him. Correct. And even yes. then, it's that those feelings wane. Yes. So it's so, at that point, then Walter goes So Maud goes into the kitchen. Yeah, she goes into the kitchen. Walter, Walter calls immediately calls Arthur. Arthur. Um, and it's funny because Arthur thinks that it's Maud talking to him over the phone. Mm-hmm. Because I think Walter says while he's explaining to yes. Arthur, like, I was with you last right. night. Right. Um, yeah, calls Arthur about bowling. Uh, and Tell, Arthur, telling Arthur, you know, if, if anyone asks, we were, we bowling, were, we were last bowling night. last night. And then I think Arthur probably says, is this Maud? Right, And right. he goes, no, dummy, this is it's, Walter. It's Walter. <laughs> so while... While Walter is on the phone with Arthur, Carol enters. That's when Carol comes in. And, you know... The daggers coming out of her eyes. It was honestly one of those moments where I can honestly say Carol was Maud in that moment. Mm. Like, Carol's mannerisms. Mm. Like, you... As far as acting goes, Mm -hmm. it was very apparent that Carol is Maud's daughter. Yeah. Um, Fun fact. Fun fact, I had had read an interview uh, that Adrian Barbeau had. When, you know, how they were having all of those, like, Norman Lear shows come back and they were doing, like, All in the Family Live, and then mm-hmm. I did Maud Live, mm-hmm. and then there was, um, I think the other one, uh, the Jeffersons Live. Mm-hmm. Uh, Adrian Barbeau actually said, if I can think of anybody who could play Maud, I would love to play Maud, mm-hmm. or Tracy Ullman, I would like to see her play Maud. Oh. 
And it was one of those moments where I was like thinking about it, and I'm like, well, I mean, if, if no one's going to call me, I, I guess I can see Adrian Barbeau or Tracy Ullman playing Maud. I don't know if I could see Tracy Ullman. I mean, if she was wearing stilts, because Tracy Ullman is a relatively short woman. Yeah, she's petite. Very petite, but I think she'd be able to play the character flawlessly. You think? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I think she'd be able to have the mannerisms and the voice down without a problem. Because hmm. she's great at impersonating people as it is. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'm on the fence. I would. I would also love seeing Adrian Barbeau take on yes. the role. That I would love to see. Yes, I would. I would prefer to see that than yes. Tracy. Um, so to those unaware, Adrian Barbeau played Carol. Just so that we're aware of that. Yes. Um, so yes, Carol comes in and is shooting daggers at Walter. And Walter's like, "Hi, Carol." Like, <laughs> He's the deer yeah. in the headlights. Yeah. Deer in the headlights. Um, and yeah. Carol turns to him and goes, "Me and a girlfriend were saying." Uh, we're talking, and we were trying to figure out how to tell a louse that they're a louse. Yes. And Walter's, like, questioning and goes, I, I don't understand. And Carol, like, just confronts him about it and says, Walter, you're a louse. A louse. Mm. So apparently, Walter, the night before, or earlier that day, I suppose, mm -hmm. was, um, I guess this is, I want to say, like, late afternoon, probably around, like, 4, 30, 5 o'clock, like, right before dinner. I don't know, because it had to be um, in the evening, because he's telling he was telling Arthur to, that he had to tell Maud they were bowling that the, night. Yeah, the night before. Yeah, so it had to be in the evening. I the time so. that he was having the cocktails is the time that he wants Maud to believe he was bowling. Right? The timing on it is very weird, because That's then why strange. would they be planning for dinner? I don't know. They would have obviously seen each other at the breakfast table that, earlier that day. True. True. Very interesting how the... I mean, yes. it, 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 time in sitcoms never really was time in sitcoms. No, it, they played fast loose. and They loose. played fast and, yeah, fast fast and, loose, and loose, loose with the time. Very fast and loose. So, we find out that Walter was at a cocktail lounge at the Holiday the Inn. Holiday Inn. The Holiday Inn cocktail lounge. Sounds swanky. So swanky. Uh, very, yeah. very, like, shishi. Yes. Um, <laughs> and Carol's like... Who do you, I walk in, and who do you think I see at a dark table, a cozy corner, mm -hmm. uh, having cocktails with someone who could be who could be half his age, a blonde, no a blonde less. half a blonde his no age. Um, and uh, and and uh, I think uh, Walter was trying to say that it, you know it could be it could be lots of guys. Um, oh, oh, she points out that. She saw him. He like turned white when he yes when, turned white when he when, when she walked in when she walked in. Um, and who do you think I saw like having someone nibble the, the pimento, the, the pimento out of the alley, just like you did when you and my mother started dating? Right. And then and the pimentos. The are pimento very, is very important. Very important in this. Very episode. important in this episode. Do you like pimentos? I'm not crazy about pimentos. I like olives. I'm not crazy about pimentos. I, I love yes. I love like the Spanish olives. Really. Like pimentos. Yes. I pretty much like any olive except, like, the black olives in the can. Really? Yeah. As a kid, I would eat them till my mother said she thought she was going to throw up. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, could eat, I could eat them, like... And, and now, as I've gotten older, I, I don't like the olives in the I can. Like, I like Kalamata olives. Love those. I love green olives. Love those. I'm just not crazy about black olives either. They do nothing for me. Well, I, I don't even. I mean, if they're on a pizza, maybe I'll have them. But. I like like those um, those olive cured black olives, the ones that are like, all like 
They look like an old raisin. Yes. <laughs> okay, those those I like. When as a kid, I didn't like those. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, any kind of like you know. Uh, cured olive that you that you'd find like in a deli section at the, in the supermarket. I'm a sucker for I'll vinegar. I'm a sucker for oh, vinegar. Me too. So if I can have anything that has like that sort of uh, brassy taste, and I, I like I like red vinegar, balsamic vinegar, apple cider vinegar. We don't discriminate. In this I household love, about I love all 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 ethnicities <laughs> of vinegar are 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 welcome. We're non-discriminatory we, when it comes to our olives, <laughs> except black olives apparently. No, we're non-discriminatory in vinegar. No, that's true. Yes, when that's it comes, when it it comes to the olives, we don't like the, we don't like the ones in the can. Yeah, I just don't. I just don't like them. I actually, actually, speaking of uh, pizza toppings, I've I recently discovered anchovies. Oh God, I love anchovies. I don't hate them. I love them. They're not bad. They give a nice. Oh, they give them. a nice taste to the pizza. They, they they certainly do. I love them. They give a nice taste to the pizza. I love them. Anyway, back on we the farm. We digress. We went off on a pimento tangent. <laughs> I mean, they're a very important part of the episode. I know, I know. So, uh, and Carol also saw, because I think her friend is a cocktail her waitress. Her friend is a cocktail and waitress. And she saw the, the tab signed by Walter, Walter Finley. Finley. And, and again, Walter's like, like, Walter Finley, that is a coincidence. What a coincidence, Yeah. So oh. at that point, Daryl is starting to like come they're back really Walter, fighting. and they're starting to really start to argue. And the first enters. That's when Maud walks in from the kitchen, um, and they stop. They stop immediately, and, and she like, goes, "What gives with you two? Yeah, what what gives?" And they're like, "Nothing, nothing's wrong." To which Maud quips, "The atmosphere is so cold in here, you can hang, you hang meat. meat. <laughs> you can hang meat. It's so chilly." So at that point, Ooh. Carol then says, if I'm not mistaken, that she's going to go to the Henderson. She's well, no, before that, Walter oh, says that there was nothing wrong, and Maud that's makes right. a remark that if he was a puppy, um, she would be looking for if a, you if you if you were a tiny puppy and you yeah, gave me that, that look, look, I'd be searching every square inch of carpeting in this house. That's right, because <laughs> he was guilty of something. Oh, completely guilty of something. All right, so that's when Carol says she's going to take Philip to the Hendersons. They're going to the movies. They're going to the movies. And, and uh, Maud is try- Maud's still trying to figure it out. Like, please explain right. to me, like, what's what's going on here? Yes, yes. Uh, and Carol just, again, shoots daggers at Walter. Say, go ahead, Walter. Start with the pimento. Start with the Tell pimento. Her. Start yes. with the pimento. Yes. And then Maud is just like, pimento? Mm-hmm. She's pregnant. She's pregnant, she? yeah. And she starts listing all of these, like, disastrous yeah, things. A like car accident. A car accident. Uh, she's having an affair. Like, right. Just all these things. She lost her tweezers. Right, right. Like, for the, all of these disastrous things to then finally say, oh, no, she may have, she must, must have lost her tweezers. Right, right. And uh, Walter, I think he, he's, he just decides to run off. He's going to take a shower. He's going to go upstairs and take he's a shower. He's not going to tell, tell her any, anything. And she she's yelling at him that you know if he doesn't tell her she's gonna flush flush the downstairs John and scald him to death. Is, and a, is plumbing like that in your house by any chance? No, I'm very oh. thankful the plumbing isn't that. Oh, because ours but is. We still, <laughs> no, no. When we lived when we lived in our old house, we actually had uh, to install a um, water heater. A, a, not even a water heater, a different type of filtration system, oh. because we could we couldn't have. The washing machine mm-hmm. or the shower go at the same time, mm-hmm. and we actually like got into arguments because it's like, who's doing laundry? I can't take a shower until the laundry's done, right. or I can't flush the toilet right. until the shower's done. Right. And it just became a really diabolical situation. But mm-hmm. in this new house, um, it's actually worked out where you can do that. But wow. we still we still have PTSD from the last. Oh house. yes, I'm sure. Oh my goodness gracious. Oh. 
Yes, that's the worst. So, Florida enters and mm -hmm. says, you two are fighting again. There are more fights in this house in one week than Joe Lewis had in his entire, entire career. career. Um, and Maud points out if she wanted peace and quiet, she should have went to work for the Partridge family. family. <laughs> that's right. So, Florida goes uh, back to the kitchen because Florida was only around for, like, those two quips. Right. Um, so, then, so, oh, so now Carol is... Is, is about to leave. Carol's about to leave. And Maud proceeds with her little bit of trickery. Maud is... I... You know, and sneaky. There are times... Her. There are times when I will watch Maud and I'm like, Maud is a very manipulative oh person. Oh my goodness, yes. She is very, very manipulative. Yes. And this, this was no exception to the rule. Yes. Um, she convinces Carol to more or less admit... Yes. That she saw Walter at the bar with this younger woman. Right. Uh, right. And she basically says, oh, Walter told me the whole yes. sort of thing. It's, it's fine. fine. We've, we've reconciled. I just want to hear your opinion on it. Right. And, um, and you know what that reminded me of? Yes. You do? No. Tell <laughs> <laughs> me, what did it remind you of? Uh, I, I think there was a, a, a few times where they, they pulled that in, in the Golden Girls. Uh, like, especially Sophia trying to get Rose to tell her the secret when Dorothy had brought yes. uh, Angela, Angela over from, from Sicily. Sicily. And, and Sophia, Sophia's like, oh, I, I, I know the, I know. Boy, the was I surprised. Yes, yes. Dorothy, I didn't know you told Sophia that her surprise is Rose. Yeah. Oh. It so it's a family thing. It, it's a family it, thing. It's a family trait. Oh, I would have loved to have seen Estelle Getty play uh, play Maud's mother in uh, in Maud, but mm. unfortunately, they didn't. Estelle Getty just was. I don't know if they they didn't audition her for it. They actually, the woman who played Maud's mother mm -hmm. was the same woman that played, um, oh God, Philip's mother-in-law, Patrick's mother-in-law in, -law in uh, Mame. Oh, oh. Yes. Uh-huh. The name of the her name escapes me, but we'll get to that oh, episode in time. She was only she was only in one episode. Uh. Um uh. So Maud coerces Carol to tell her the story and Maud flips out. Yes, yes. Because Carol says she probably was no big deal. Yeah. And it was probably, I think she said it was just a fling. Uh, yes, just a fling. She said just a fling. Yeah, to and that's Maud, all Maud that's needed, all Maud needed to, hear. to hear. Yes, she starts screaming. She immediately screamed, "Wait!" Yes. yes. What do you mean? She was no, she was just a fling. Do you know what that implies, Carol? Yeah. And she's just going on and on. And, and, and Carol's now yelling at Maud. She's like, "You tricked me." We're past that. Now yes. we're on. She was no big deal. <laughs> she was just that. a fling. <laughs> um. <laughs> Um, so Carol says last night she saw Walter and Maud's like, wait, no, 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 no. Walter couldn't have been at the Holiday Inn last night because right. he was out bowling with Arthur. Right, right. So Carol relents and she goes, oh, okay, because now Carol has seen her moment of opportunity to get the hell out of Dodge exactly. before, before Bedlam arrives. And she says, well, it was dark in the cocktail lounge. I, I'm, I was probably mistaken. I'm sure you yes. have nothing to worry about. Yes, indeed. Whenever somebody tells you there's nothing to worry about... You have something to worry about. You better start worrying. So... Carol leaves. Carol leaves, and she and Maud's like... Maud's talking to herself like, she's right. Mm -hmm. There's nothing to worry about. If I was concerned, I would have this gnawing feeling in the pit of my stomach. Now, why do I have that gnawing I, that, feeling that in the feeling pit of my stomach? Of the stomach? Yes. 
Yes. So Walter comes downstairs saying, mm-hmm. that was the quickest shower he's ever taken. Yes, and then he's asking, he says, oh, Arthur's not here yet. Yep. And Maud's like, how is bowling? Because Maud continues to manipulate the situation mm-hmm. to her advantage. Mm-hmm. Um, now, now, I thought she asked uh, Walter, like, just how, how he did it bowling. And he says, great. And, and then he, he he rolled he rattled off three numbers. Yes, and I thought for sure that she was gonna maybe that was gonna be a plot device for her to like ask Arthur. I think that would be too but, convoluted. Yeah, that'd yes. be too convoluted because then like to ask Arthur how did how did like what number like, how did how can you how do you think Walter did it bowling last yes. night? Yes, I think that would have been too wordy. Maybe that would have been too much of a too much of a um, could have been wordy situation. True. So Walter tells her that he did, he did great, uh, he did great mm-hmm. at bowling, and he's like saying, "Oh, I didn't know that you were so interested in my bowling." Mm-hmm. And Maud's like, "You have no idea yes. how interested I am in your so bowling." So interested. So at that point, Arthur enters. He comes in, um, and I have nothing listed until he starts doing his Bugs he Bunny. He did a Bugs Bunny impression. Why? He starts chewing on a carrot. I don't know. I have no idea either. Yes. I think maybe he was trying to like impersonate Rich Little. I oh, don't know. that. Maybe that could be tied into like the Dean Martin show that he mentioned. Yes, because he saw somebody he saw, yes. on the Dean Martin show last night do, do that same thing. Yep. And that's all. And that he Maud, to say, Maud that stopped blue says, Walter's alibi. That complete that blue and sky eye. Yes. So Maud's like, wait, weren't you out bowling with Walter last yeah. night? And he says, no, no. It may have been on the not Carol the, Burnett the Carol show, Burnett show last, last night, last, last week. week. Yes. And then Maud says, or was it in 1947 on the Fripple McGee and Molly show? <laughs> a show I have never seen or heard of until I started watching Maud. Mm-hmm. Have you ever heard of it? Oh, yes, sir. My, that was like, I remember my mother talking about that show. That she, she Was it like Petticoat Junction? Or, I don't remember. I don't remember exactly. I or just, I know. I know, remember hearing her talk about the Fibber, Fibber McGee and, Fibber McGee and, Molly, and Molly. Which I think... It may have started like on the radio. Yo, yeah, uh, uh-huh. and then yes. went to, to and then went to television. television. That was yes. probably in like the fifties to like like late forties, early fifties when yes. there was that transition from radio yes. to television. Yes, um, I think I'm not. No, I'm gonna have to look it up. If I'm not mistaken, on that show there was like a recurring gag where there was a closet. And like somebody was always going to like open the closet, and they'd be like, and you know, everybody would be like, no, no, don't open the closet. And you, they, the closet would open, and you hear like all this stuff would like fall crashing down, crashing out of the closet. It was like a recurring thing. And I remember my mother telling me like they, you know, when they were listening to it, you know, when somebody said they were about to open the closet, everybody, even the, the people listening, would be like, don't open the closet. <laughs> Closet and yeah. then the closet did open and, and everything came crashing down. Out. I think that was what happened on that show. I'm it's not entirely positive. Awesome. I wouldn't be surprised. But I think it though. is. I think I mean, it they is. used to do gags like that all the time on old time radio yes. shows. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, that's anything what they that was sticky. On. Anything that was sticky. That, those sound, you know, those, especially those sound effect type things. Definitely. Yes. So then Arthur says, "No, no, it was on the Julie Andrews show." Yes. See, she's Julie English. Yes. And then he stops himself and says, "I hate myself." Yes. Because the jig is up. Yeah. Walter says you'll have to wait in line. Yes. Um, yes. And then that's where, that's where Arthur. Uh, Maud says something about that. She, she, uh, the, 
now her her life is the love of life or something. I think it was. Oh yeah, she saw it on Love of Life. Saw it on Love of she Life. She saw it. It was something I saw on Love, love of, of life, life, which was I guess a soap opera. Probably a soap opera. Yeah, soap opera during yeah. The, during the seventies. And it's something about uh, yesterday being lovely. Yes. Why couldn't today start with yesterday? Yes. Yesterday, yesterday was, was such a lovely day. Such a lovely day. My cramps went away. Yes, cramps. <laughs> Like this show definitely touched upon you know women's um, cycles. Mm -hmm. They've yeah. mentioned periods. Yes. They've mentioned cramps going away. Yes. They've mentioned menopause. They've yes. mentioned hysterectomies. Yes. Very progressive for the time. Well, it was on more than the radical right when the woman. Uh, it's, they don't you don't yeah, hear comes, it. you don't hear it but she goes it. to Maud and asks like where her tampons right are. right and you know Maud Maud comes back and says isn't it always the way you yeah. wait for it and wait for it and then it happens right in the middle of a party right yeah so I, I I always appreciate when they get to mention that and I yes. always appreciate when new sitcoms definitely take women's issues into consideration mm -hmm. we need to have it so that women's um, oh my God products women's feminine products are are made completely and totally free. That's my, that is, that is, I want bras to be free, I want tampons to be free, and I want pads to be free. And, and, uh, I, somebody was saying this and I, I, I agreed with them. Uh, you know, that, that condoms should be free. Yes. So, I mean, condoms are given away at they clinics, are given but you'd away, have to, yeah. you'd have to go to the clinic in order yeah. to get them. Yeah. But that's, that's a conversation for, for another time. For another time. All right. So we, then we go to break. Yes, we go to break. And, and we then come we back. come back. And I think Maud is sitting on the couch. Mm -hmm. Maud is sitting on the couch, um, and Walter's like, "I." Walter's just like pleading. All right, it's out in the open. Right. I'm sorry. I I'd rather die than 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 hurt your feelings. Right. I'd rather. Right. What did he say? I'd rather die than hurt you. Yes. And Maud turns and looks at him and says, "I'm waiting, Walter." Yes. <laughs> so. And Arthur is like, he's like, well, he believes, he believes Walter, it's, which is, it's like. That's not, that's not what you'd say. That's, yeah. That's not wise. Yeah. Do not, do not recommend that. Yes. And um, uh, I think, I think Walter tells Arthur to go get ice. Yes. So he heads into the kitchen. Actually, Arthur says, that's a great idea. Yes. Just get out of the line of fire. Yeah, I don't blame him. I would have been like, uh, you know what? I could, I'll pass on well, the Frankenstein. Well, you would be, beans. you would be smart enough to actually leave the house. Oh yes, <laughs> yes. I would be like, I'm, I'm gonna just leave now. So Maud goes on her little melodramatic tirade, and she goes, yes. "Was it a little peccadillo, a peccadillo. or a, a dalliance?" dalliance. I, I love those words. Peccadillo, dalliance, dalliance sweet little girl boy yes. things, tiny little foolings around. Yes. Um, because she's basically saying, what did it mean? Like, what was, what was the significance of going to see this, this younger girl? Right, right. And, uh, there, there was mention of, of, I think it was, uh, uh, her, her, she started, her, her, she started listening, she started listing all of the things that she used to love Walter right. doing when they started right. dating, like white creme de, de menthe in her coffee, yes. uh, browned coconut, um, with, with something or other. Yeah, and it was, it was a cake with brown coconut it on it, it was Maud's, Maud's Miracle. miracle. And she said, one of the most lovely things that you've ever done was when you would let me nibble And each, on... each one that she's listing, he, he's, he's saying... He's like, that was only between the two oh, of us. Yes, that was, that ours, was only ours. ours. And, and then she mentions the pimentos, and he doesn't say anything. Because she pauses and mm -hmm. she realizes yeah. that Carol mentioned the pimentos. The pimentos. And she screams... The pimentos! Pimento! <laughs> 
Walter, if you want to see a broken heart now, you can look at it, and I hope you choke on the knowledge. Yes, and she runs upstairs. She immediately runs upstairs, bereft with grief. Yeah. Arthur um, comes back in from the kitchen. And, and Arthur and Walter have probably one uh, of the most chauvinistic, oh sexist Lord. conversations I've seen in a sitcom. Yes. And, you know, Arthur's like, you old dog. Yes. And Walter's like, it only happened when I turned 50. I turned 50 and suddenly I started looking at women differently. I started looking at them like they were parts. You know, breasts, thighs, legs. Almost how you would look at a chicken. Mm -hmm. And just a very, very sexist conversation between two very old male chauvinist pigs. Yes. And uh, I guess uh, what we're really talking about here is Walter having a middle-aged crisis. He's having a midlife crisis. Midlife crisis. Midlife crisis. Yes, he's turned um, 50. Now, I I have a question. Yes. While we're on the subject, this is a, this is a topic of conversation that comes up a number of times. Has anybody ever cheated on you in your day? Oh my god, my my ex before Frank. Oh my lord. Yes. Isn't it awful? Yes. I don't recommend it. Oh no. And, you know, it really does beg the question, what compels a man to cheat? What compels, not even, not even a male, because that's, you know, that's a sexist question to ask. But what compels a person to step out on their relationship? Mm-hmm. As we continue to enter the advent of open relationships and polyamorous relationships, there are a lot of people that take advantage of the title. They, mm-hmm. There are a lot of people out there that take advantage of this idea of having multiple partners. Right. And, and I, I do feel like when it comes to, um, because there's the proper way to do polyamory and then there's the wrong way to do polyamory. Mm-hmm. With my last ex, mm-hmm. he used polyamory as sort of an excuse where he can just sleep with whomever he, he wanted, wanted to oh, okay. without communicating with oh, me. Oh, and nice. I'm always of the mind where it's like, How kind of him. right? The <laughs> kindness, the kindness in the universe. The generosity overwhelms. And generosity <laughs> overwhelms. <laughs> But I mean, that was that was what he said in the beginning mm-hmm. of our relationship. I was like, okay, you enjoy polyamorous relationships. That means that we're going to have conversations about the people that you're going to be dating. Mm-hmm. And, and he I was mean, like, no, it means I'm going to sleep with whoever I want exactly. to tell you. <laughs> exactly. And you know, it really, there's actually, there is an episode of Maud um, that deals with swingers. Uh-huh. And you know, when we get to that, we'll definitely have more of a, more of an open conversation. I think I vaguely remember that, that one. Uh, it was the psychi- the psychiatrist and his wife. Mm-hmm. Um, one was like a doctor. One was a doctor, and his wife was like very mousy. But the two of them were were swingers, and they had they had open relationships right. and multiple marriages. Um, and it's just interesting to me. I mean, as as the conversation continues between Arthur and Walter, we're like, we we hear like I've been chasing heads of girls. Arthur says I've been chasing heads of girls for years. Obviously, referring to the fact that the girls that he's seeing are in either convertibles or he's like seeing out the back window, seeing if it's a, a pretty girl, yes, and like yes. racing to the side of the car to see what the girl looks like. Yes. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I've definitely done that with a few men. But every time I get to see their face, I'm like, oh, that was a bad idea. That was very unfortunate. I regret every decision I've made that led up to this Well, point. I always say, you know, there's, there's, nothing, there's nothing wrong with looking. Because even... I agree. Even, even, even though, you know, you're, you're, you know, maybe in a committed relationship, it doesn't mean you're dead. Yes. It doesn't mean that, you know, you, you can't, you know, appreciate, a, you know... A, you can't... It, you, it's not like you're saying you can no longer appreciate the form of somebody other than your partner. Right. I mean, it doesn't. It doesn't mean you have. You have to act. Uh, act on. Yeah. Act feelings. on those impulses. But you know, there's nothing wrong with you know. You see a pretty face, and you just want to take a look. Yeah. You know. And uh, now you asked. You know, you we didn't follow this up. 
You're saying like, why do people? What, yeah, what compels a person cheat? to step out on their now, relationship? Now, I think though, I think for the most part, I think it varies though between men and women. Okay, I'd like I to think, hear your. I'd I, like to hear your hypothesis. I on this think. One. I, well, it seems to me that women more often than not will cheat because they're not feeling that they're appreciated. appreciated in a relationship. Yes. Or there's a lack of communication. Yes. And um, men are pigs. <laughs> <laughs> What's man's lot in life? Their eyebrows grow together. Yeah. You know, <laughs> men are pigs. Men, yes. Thank I, God. I, I, will have to, I will have to say that. Thank God. Are, you are awful. <laughs> you are absolutely a heinous human being, and I regret every decision I've made that's led me to this point. Men are men are truly um, disgusting, and yeah. they will they will sleep with anything that has a pulse. That, like, I mean, for, for years, my whether are, they're you know gay, straight, or crooked, <laughs> gay, straight, or off to the side a little bit. Um, when no, when I before I started dating, mm. dating, I would flirt with anything that had a pulse. Mm. Male, check. Penis, check. Great. Those okay. are the two things that I needed. Okay, you know, there there we go. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Pulse, check. Penis, check. Great. We're rolling. Yeah, there we um, go. So that you know, yes. and now I've, uh, I've matured, <laughs> and now I'm I don't sleep with anybody anymore. <laughs> <laughs> don't sleep with just anybody no, I'm, anymore. I, it's one of those things where I'm like, am I one of those people? Yes. Because you, you are. I, <laughs> shut up. No, am I one of those people that people cannot imagine having sex? I, I mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't. I don't think that really applies. I mean, there's somebody that you could never ever imagine them having. I could sex never imagine the like, queen doing it. Oh, I could yeah, never. You got me I there. mean, unless she has a pocketbook. You got me I'm there. not going to have sex, but as long as I have my pocketbook, let's write it. But that it's just maybe. maybe well, the, the British, you know, they're just doing their 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 you know royal duties. <laughs> you know, it's like. <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, because I dress up as an older woman, and I, I do genuinely think that that's a real thing. If you dress up like an older woman, or if you are an older woman, people uh -huh. just don't think that you are a sexually active person. Could be. I know, well, that's one of the things that, um, you know, the Golden Girls turned on their ears. Turned on their ears. That, Very you know, much they so. showed that, you know, they, they, you know, even though they were, uh, you know. A certain, a woman of a certain age. You know, more or less they were middle still, age. They were still getting it. You know, they still had active, active sex lives. There was, uh, again, there was an episode of Maud where Mrs. Naugatuck mm -hmm. and her boyfriend were, like, trying to not copulate, not, not enjoy each other's company in a physical, romantic way. And, uh, you know, Maud and Walter were joking, like, your pilot lights out. What are you right, doing? Right. You can't have sex at your age. Right. And it's just one of those things where, like, no, it doesn't matter the age. You right. can still be sexually active at any age. Ah, absolutely. In other words, kids, Tomcat has sex. <laughs> Who would have guessed? <laughs> I'll alert the media. Thank you. <laughs> Call the New York should, Times. Should I make an Instagram post about yeah. it? <laughs> Shall I tweet it? I regret every decision that I have ever made. Of course you do, pussycat. Thank you. Oh, my lord. So, so, Walter and Arthur are continuing to have this conversation about parts, mm -hmm. and we we find out, like, b boys with long hair. I have down boys with long hair. Oh, Arthur had mentioned, yes. like, he chases the cars with long hair and, like, boys with long it's, hair, it's, which is happening more and more often these days. Yes. 
because in the 70s, apparently, you could have long hair. You could have long hair at any point in your life. Yes. It did not matter. G- guys with long hair, sexy or not? Um. Ha. Huh. I mean, Fabio made it a fashion statement in the 90s. Yes. Yes. Um, uh, and I mean, it depends on the face. Yes. It depends heavily on the face. Yes. Um, I, I have the... T- I'm going to regret saying this, but because I know what my father looks like with long hair, I know that I would look attractive with long hair. Uh-huh. And I've actually, my Mother Gothel wig, when I first got that, it's a long, kinky, curly, mm-hmm. black wig. Mm-hmm. I look like an attractive Captain Hook. <laughs> and when I looked in the mirror, I had the full beard, mustache, uh-huh. my eyebrows were undone, and I was mm-hmm. like, I was looking in the mirror, and I'm like, oh, I look okay. <laughs> I don't look awful with long hair. This is this is this is a breath of fresh air for me. Oh Unfortunately, Lord. I can't wear. I mean, I don't have long hair now because mm-hmm. my hair has decided to say bye. bye. <laughs> See ya, toodles. <laughs> but I mean, when I wear again, it just depends on the build. It depends on the face. Mm-hmm. But I see. I always I always wanted to like be able to grow long hair. Mm-hmm. But the problem for me now, now of course, now I'm I'm losing it at the crown. Thank you, God. Low CN. Yeah, it's growing. Team. It grows everywhere it grows else, everywhere except else. the one place except I need it. Except the one place you want it. Um, but but I mean, not for anything. Mm-hmm. Isn't it easier to put on wigs when you have very little hair there to begin with? Um, that doesn't really make much difference to me because it's like it's for me. It's like it's really just a crown. I mean, I have I'm pretty thick everywhere. Because else. when when I. When I finally decided, like, all right, my hairline is obviously going the way of the dodo. Let's just, yeah, let's just take the buzzer to it. Um, I was like, this is—it's so much easier to put on my Batman cowl, my Catwoman cowl, my Wicked Queen cowl, my mm-hmm. wigs. It's just convenient to like f- take it on and then take it off. Mm. I don't know, because I always put a, on a wig cap, and you, a lot of times, like Frank. Um, he'll throw a bobby pin, pin yeah, in. Throw and a pin until I find it, it. It's good for that because it's like you know he gets a bobby pin in and he's like, "Do you feel that?" I'm like, "No, no." And then, then when I feel it, just just you know, barely digging into the scalp. <laughs> oh, that's good. That won't go anywhere. That's where we're keeping That'll it. That'll stay that's in where place. We're keeping it. That'll stay in place. So. But but see, I always wanted to grow long hair. But the problem for me is like, and I can say this because I'm half Jewish. I have Jufro. Like as the hair, it, it, once it starts getting past a certain length, Good it's it's like Good you know, night. it's like all kinky and it doesn't you know I can't I could if never go step outside. It's just I could never grow like you know you know long, long luxurious, li- luxurious hair. hair. Yeah. So I just gave up on that idea and just you know I'm so sorry. Get, you know wore it, you know kept it short. I'm so. so sorry. I will. I have it somewhere. I must dig it out to show you sometime of me from the uh, late 80s with my mullet. I have pictures of me with a mullet. Uh-huh. I also have pictures of me with hair that was down to my shoulder. Mm-hmm. When I, you know, had hair. Right. Um, and I looked exactly like a feminine Rosie O'Donnell. <laughs> um... Because that was the type of hairstyle that I had. Like, I, uh-huh. if ever my mother wanted... Because my mother cut my hair. Because, of course, she did. So you could have been um, a lesbian. Very much so. <laughs> very much so. I have the denim to prove it. 
There's actually a picture of me that was taken at my girlfriend Allie's mm. house. Literally, she lives right around the corner from here. And we were sitting like by the campfire, and I was just sitting there, like my legs open, uh -huh. denim jeans, denim jacket, hands in the pocket, double chin, hair around my face, and I, I was like, wow, this is this is a look, Tom. Yeah. This is really a quality look you're rocking. Uh, oh, oh, we boy. all have fashions that all have fashions that we regret. Yes, that we do. So, again, they're having their conversation. Gladys Horton. Gladys Horton. We come to find out that Gladys Best Horton was the, the woman, woman that uh, Walter went to go see at the Holiday Inn. Now, she used to work for him. She used to work for him, and she was looking for $500 for a root, root canal. canal. Yes. And, and also, uh, Walter was remarking about how... She wore, she, wore, cross. she wore these low-cut blouses yes. and a cross around her neck that, that would disappear into her cleavage. Into her cleavage, yes. And Arthur says, well, religion is a mesmerizing thing. Religion is fascinating. Religion is fascinating, that's yes. what it was. Thank you. Yes. <clears throat> and then at the towards the end of the conversation, Arthur asks, how was she built? Yes, and he says, like a brick shipyard. Again, just very... Uh, Male, yeah, just very like boy talk. Boy, male uh, that's, toxicity. This is what would be. This is what would be classically considered as locker room talk. Yes, and I hate it. Yeah, utterly. Ugh. So Maud then calls down sweetly, like, "Is Arthur still here, yeah. Walter?" <laughs> Yes. Yeah, so um, and they, 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 they exclaim, like, "Ooh, yeah. she sounds happy. Maybe she's yeah. gotten over it." She's like, "Get rid of him." Yep. Because that was what happened. Our, like Walter called back, yes, he's still here, honey. Mm -hmm. Maud, Maud barks. Well, get rid of him. Yeah. So she storms downstairs with a Well, suit. no, Arthur, he, he goes to leave and he tells, he says to Walter, well, you know, if, if, you, if you resolve this fast enough, let, let, let me know. I'll be at home waiting for dinner. Waiting for dinner. What a quality friend. I know. <laughs> Everyone should have a friend like Arthur. Everyone Martin. should have a friend like Arthur. He actually did uh, give um, he did give Walter some sound advice, basically saying, "Tell Maud the truth." Tell her the truth. Tell Maud the truth. Just tell her the truth. So Maud comes after Arthur leaves. Mm -hmm. Maud comes downstairs with suitcases. suitcases with suitcases, and Walter's like, "Why don't leave? Where are you going? <laughs> no, don't leave!" And then Maud like turns to him and says, "No, this isn't for me. This is for you. I made you a reservation at, at the Holiday, Holiday Inn." <laughs> uh huh. Yes, and Walter Walter wants to explain, and Maud, nothing happened. Nothing yes. happened. And Maud says she called Nixon and uh, BB Rebozo. BB Rebozo, and they, and they said thirty day cooling off period. This should be a thirty day cooling off period. So um, Maud is insisting that Walter leave, and basically saying, "Go, Walter, walk out the store right go. now." And Walter, when says, he finally says he that he does go. She says, get away from that door, I'm gonna rip your heart out! Take one more step to that door and I'll rip your heart out. We did get, so we did get a rip your heart out. Yes. Even we didn't usually, get a, the, it, usually one of the two. Yeah, it's God's and Donald Walter or I'll rip your heart out. Rip your heart out. She'll rip your heart out. So Maud is uh, like, how many times can a woman be hurt? Did something happen? Did something not happen? And uh, Maud is just going on and on and on until and Walter Walter's admitting that he told a lie and he's a sorry for it. Yeah. But she's like, you know, she's full steam ahead. Going crazy, yelling, and so of course, then we have to have a Maud sit. Maud sit. Yes. I always am like taken aback by that by that exclamation because it's yes. like we, okay, I get it. I guess this is almost it almost runs in the same vein as like Archie Bunker telling Edith to stifle stifle it. Sort of the same thing. Yes. Um. Uh. So then we find out 
that Gladys Horton is 26. Yes. And at that point, when, when Walter says, because Maud asks, how old was she? Mm -hmm. And Walter says 26. Maud mm -hmm. gets up to leave, and then Walter says again, Maud sit. There were two Maud sits. There were two Maud sits. Yes. So uh, uh. Maud finally sits, and she relents. She listens. Walter says that Gladys used to work for her, work for him. Yes. And she needed money for a root canal. 500 bucks for a root canal, which is... I mean, at that point, Maud's what route, what what canal, what work? What, what canal, right. So she she exclaims, couldn't you have just mailed a check? Right. Which made perfect sense. Yeah. But I think even during the conversation that uh, Walter and Arthur had, like he had said, I, I wanted, I, I I wanted to see her. I could have seen her. I could have mailed the check. But I wanted to see her. Yeah. Um... So they have their conversation, and uh, and Maud is like insisting that he wanted her, and Walter is insisting that he didn't, and she's pressing him to just just admit it that yes. he's that he felt an attraction. I I have actually written down. Um, I have heard a lot of low stories in my yes, day. Yes, but the story this, is the lowest. This cock and bull gum digging root canal work is the lowest. Yes. Yes. And, uh... So a mate... I also have done a Maytag groupie. Yes, a Maytag groupie. <laughs> she was a Maytag groupie. So, again, Walter's, like, relenting, saying she was only 26, and what says? If I hear that number one more time, yes. I'm gonna reach into your root canal with my bare hands. That's right. That's right. And they're, they're going back and forth with Maud wanting to, to she only She only wants the truth. The truth. Admit Even the truth, when Walter admits the truth... She doesn't want to hear it because she knows that that's not the truth either. Right. Right. So being Maud is melodramatic as usual, and... I have she, something about Walter when he admit, admitting it and said that his, his toes were curling. Yes. I remember that, too, because that was what happened. Walter was, like, trying to say, no, yes, I lusted after her. Yes. I wanted her. Yes. She was making my toes curl. I wanted her so yes. badly. Oh. So uh. then Maud finally sits down and says... Why? Oh no! Walter says, "Why do you think nothing happened?" Because right, again, right. Maud's like, "Nothing. If nothing happened, why do you think nothing happened?" Right. Right. So then, Walter, uh, Maud stops herself and says, "Because I've ruined you. I've spoiled, I've you. spoiled you for spoiled other you women. For other women. Now, it's, it's important <laughs> to know the, the direction here because Walter is facing away from Maud. Yes. And when Maud says that, Walter's Walter has this like." glow about him at this yes. point because he's like wait there's oh, solace there's an out there's an out here he was there's his out and he turns around and says because you've spoiled me, me for, for other, other women, women. <laughs> and Maud says and that's why nothing happened yes yes and then she says oh Walter I can read you like a book and she says it's like you said ours is the kind of marriage that, that cannot separate I cannot accept, accept a, lie. a lie. And did you catch the reactions on both of them? Mm -hmm. Maud and Walter are embracing. Mm -hmm. Walter, the, the camera pans to Walter first, and he is just, his eyes go yeah. back into his forehead, and he is just Let breathing this heavy oh, sigh of relief. Thank God she bought that. And Maud is like holding on to him and just gives this look like, eh, he's a man. Yeah. Like, eh, what's the big deal? He's still my husband at the end of the day. Right. And it's just one of those moments where I'm like, no! 
<laughs> Your husband still stepped out on you. Why are you relenting? Yeah. Because it was the 70s. And yeah. That's just what happened. Yeah. Yeah. And, and actually, I mean... Infidelity was the thing to do in the 70s. And... and you Actually, know, it was the thing to do for years before for the years and years. I mean, you many, many, many years. Women, you know, were like kind of used to that. That you know, uh, sort of brought up even to like accept that. Well, the the man's gonna you know step out, and you know. I mean, especially in Italian households. Oh God, yeah. Especially in Italian households. Yeah, because that was you know they used to call the the woman on the side the what was it guma the guma yeah and. Uh, Almost like it was if it was a rite of passage. Yeah. Like if you found, if a father found out that his son had a woman on the side, hey, good for you. Yeah. No, yeah. no, that's not good for you. Right. So I, uh, yeah, I have a lot of opinions <sighs> on cheating. I do. Yeah. And it was basically the woman was kind of told like, well, you know, as long as he's coming home to you, as long as he's, you know, paying as the bills. As long as he's in your bed. I mean, look at the women. Yeah. Nine, what was it, 1937, the women? When did the yeah. women come yes, I think it was 1937. Yes. Like the conversation between Mrs. Stephen Haynes and Mary Haynes mm -hmm. and uh, Joan Crawford's character. Mm -hmm. Oh, God, why is her name escaping me? Oh, oh my God, her name, the character's no, name is Crystal, Crystal Evans? No, not Crystal Evans. Crystal... Crystal. Crystal something. But the character's name was... It was the conversation between right. Crystal and Mary. Yes. And the two of them were like going back and forth about right. infidelity and right. how, you know, the, the, other, the other woman is now having a conversation with the wife. Right. And uh, again, that conversation comes up in another episode of Maud mm -hmm. where we find out about um, this gentleman, Walter Gilmartin, uh -huh. who sleeps with everybody at the country club. Oh. And uh, we come to find out that he's even cheating on the other, this other woman that he's sleeping with. Uh, so just cheating uh, all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So that's the episode. But then there's a prologue. As there, there's I mean, a there's prologue. an epilogue. There's, there's an, an epilogue. epilogue. Yes. So Walter uh, is now serving more to martinis. Martinis, yes. And he says martini love. Yes, they're very lovey-dovey. Very lovey-dovey. And this is, they're all in the same outfit, so this was probably maybe 15, 20 minutes after, after. the conversation. Yeah. Um, yes. So, Maud takes a sip of the martini. And then Walter is like, you know, giving her his olive. Giving her the olive. And, uh, and olive love. Yes, and she's nibbling. She's on nibbling the, the, pimento the pimento out of the olive. And he has her... If there's anything else she wants. And she stops and says, <laughs> a water pick, that damn pimento stuck in my tooth. <laughs> and then she starts sucking on her yes. tooth. <laughs> I hope she didn't need root canal. I hope she didn't need root canal work either. Oh. But I've never had a root canal. I hope, to, I hope to Christ I never have one. Because I hear they're painful. Frank's had, he's had so many. He's had root canals. He has the worst teeth in the world, my husband. He's always a little... His yeah. teeth are Always so bad. Always a down in the mouth. His teeth are so bad. I meanwhile, I've never even had a cavity. Good for you. Not e never even. I've a had cavity. cavities before. I've had, no, I have. Nothing. I've had a couple of fillings. Nothing. I was thinking of having what you might call it, um, the Invisalign. Uh huh. Because I grind my teeth because oh. I, <laughs> my family drives me up the freaking <laughs> wall. <laughs> So because of that, I constantly grind my teeth because I'm always oh. constantly stressed oh. out. You do it in your sleep? Um, I do it in my sleep. Oh. And there are times I like do it without even thinking. Oh, Lord. Yeah. 
where my if, if there are certain pictures of me that if you look closely enough, one tooth is darker than the other because it's starting to recede. Yeah, it's fun. Oh. It's fun being me. <laughs> uh, I recommend it to everybody. Uh, so, uh, you know, everyone has their, as my mother always said, everyone has their tale of woe. Sometimes I have two tails. It depends on what coat I'm wearing. Okay. <laughs> okay. You go, Joseph, in your coat of many colors. <laughs> Leave me in my Technicolor dream coat alone. Yes. Oh. oh, merciful heavens. But, I mean, what a... Honestly, a good, a well-written episode. Mm-hmm. Despite the fact that there was that incredibly sexist conversation about parts and women being compared to chickens. Yes. With, with Walter and Arthur. Yes. But, I mean, again, that's... That happens more often than not. Mm-hmm. Because, you know... I suppose at a certain age, men have that sort of midlife crisis where it's like, I want to chase younger tail. Mm-hmm. Yes. I don't understand why. I don't know. I just, I just actually turned into a woman and started doing drag. <laughs> I, so I, that's the trade-off. Uh, yes. That's the trade-off. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't chase women. I, I just, you know. You just became one. Become one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, glory. <laughs> You know, it's funny. There were never any quote-unquote drag characters on Maud that I can think of. There were gay characters, yes. Mm. There were queer characters. Never known lesbians. Um, I honestly think that was one of the reasons why it's why it was more socially acceptable to be a lesbian because it wasn't so prominently promoted on national television until I think mm. the L Word. Yeah. Where yeah. there was a show completely devoted to to lesbians. Well, you know, it's it seemed like historically uh, lesbians, it was much easier for them to stay under the radar. Because True. it never, like, for two women to, like, share living accommodations, um, even today, I don't think it, it, it raises many eyebrows. eyebrows. Whereas, you know, two, two men living together for, raise eyebrows for, you know especially if it if, if it's uh, for quite an extended period of, of time yeah um it's it's like you know it, i mean it's that it's the it's the the, it's the, the the gravy ladle story the gravy ladle story Which you've one? never heard the gravy ladle story no, I oh so. i love the gravy ladle story um so let's see Stephen and michael so, Stephen and Michael are roommates. Oh, I, I think this is sounding familiar. Yeah. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, B. Arthur told it. It's called A Mother's Ingenuity. Yes. Um, so, Steve receives a letter in the mail. His mother's coming to visit for, right. I think, a day or a weekend or what have you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Stephen says to Michael, let's plan something really special, so on and so forth. So, they plan something really special for her. And, again, they're roommates. It's important to know that they're roommates. They're roommates. And they're roommates. Yes. So she comes, and Mm -hmm. the mother cannot help but notice how handsome Michael is. Uh Uh-huh. So Stephen, knowing his mother, stops Mm -hmm. her and says, listen, we're just roommates, Mm -hmm. we're just friends, you have nothing to worry about, I'm I'm not not gay, Mm -hmm. I'm not so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. So she goes to leave, Mm -hmm. and a few days go by, and Michael turns to Stephen and goes, where was that beautiful silver gray ladle that we had? And um, 
Michael suggests that maybe your mother took it. Right. So Stephen sits down and writes to his mother, Dear Mom, <laughs> I'm not saying that you stole a gravy ladle, and I'm not saying that you did not steal a gravy ladle, but one has been missing since you've been here. Mm -hmm. If you could, please let me know what's going on. Love, uh -huh. Stephen. So a few weeks go by, or a few days go by, uh -huh. and he receives a letter from his mother. Uh -huh. And Stephen reads, Dear son, uh -huh. I'm not saying that you sleep mm -hmm. with Michael, uh -huh. and I'm not saying that you do not that sleep with don't. Michael. But, the fact remains, had he been sleeping in his own bed, he would have found the gravy ladle by now, love mom. Right. <laughs> and that story still tickles me. So, I guess it's easier to... Uh, I guess it's easier to tell if, if two men are, are more than roommates. Mm -hmm. Whereas with women, like, you can't really tell. Right. It's just fascinating. The yes. human condition is fascinating. Being it human is. is weird. It is. Being human is so fascinatingly oh, weird. It truly is. But... Thank you for joining us on mm -hmm. another episode of God Will Get You For That Walter. Yes. If you would like to follow me, you can at that TomCat on all forms of social media, mm -hmm. my link tree, my, my everything, just that TomCat all over the place. All over. And if you would like to follow this gorgeous hunk of woman, <laughs> you can at TonyHomeperm.com. And of course, that's Tony with an I. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, they can also continue to follow God will get you for that, Walter, on, on YouTube and Facebook and Instagram and all that fun stuff at Findlay's Friendly Appliances. Which is also our Instagram page. And our email. And our email, Findlay's <laughs> Friendly Appliances at, at gmail.com. Please email us with comments, critiques. We won't listen to them, but we'll announce them on the show anyway. We will? Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> if you want to become famous, just email us and we'll talk about you on this podcast that maybe people know about. Yes. Um, <laughs> but we thank you for joining us and we look forward to talking to you again on another episode of God Will Get You For That, Walter. Have a good night, guys. Bye-bye. <laughs>